Hi everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Starting from today, for this whole week, we will do devotion time on Second Timothy. Why Second Timothy as DT text under the theme of fight? It is probably because this letter was Paul's last word in a written form before the end of his life, and how the content of this letter captures Paul's perspective on his life and his calling. From today's text. Two things seem to be clear to me. First, Paul always looked at his life in the context of God's larger story, the story of God advancing His salvation plan. This is why Paul did not give in to self-pity or victim complex even in the face of seemingly discouraging end of his life. Paul had many reasons to feel victimized about the end result of his ministry. Though he worked harder than any of his contemporary gospel workers, his ministry and teaching were often questioned and looked down upon by Jewish Christians, probably because of his radical stance about protecting the pure gospel against any form of legalism stemming from the mainstream Jewish tradition. He was the first bona fide missionary and spiritual leader for Gentiles. Because of his international and intercultural nature of ministry, we can easily imagine how his ministry might have been criticized and questioned by mainstream Jewish Christians. Also, his apostolic authority was often questioned because of his unfortunate past of being a persecutor against God's church. His radical preaching on the gospel in many cities triggered more hatred from Jews, which led him to his multiple imprisonment. In this time of imprisonment, when Paul was writing this letter, he was waiting for final verdict from the emperor, which could be a death penalty. What was more painful and hurtful to him was that many of his own disciples and co-workers distanced themselves from Paul for fear of getting into troubles if their connection with Paul was exposed. Yet in these discouraging circumstances, his letter was full of gratitude to God, confidence in Jesus' promise, and strong exhortation to his spiritual son Timothy to join with him in his suffering for Christ. And being faithful to God's calling to the end, Paul did not take his life that seriously in terms of how his life should turn out to be impactful and significant. Yet he took his life very, very seriously in terms of being faithful to God's calling, for better or for worse, to the end. The second point: he valued genuine Christ-centered relationship more than popularity among many. Toward the end of his life, he did not have many people in his ministry. He just had a handful, faithful ones, someone like Timothy. Yet he was not discouraged. He poured out his heart and all that he had to this one young man, his son in Christ, Timothy. This is what Jesus did in his ministry as well, welcoming interruption in his plan and schedule to accommodate one person's need. We remember those blessed ones: Samaritan woman, Zacchaeus, a bleeding woman, a widow in nine, etc. The work of Holy Spirit was similar, prompting Philip to go down to a desert place, the road to Gaza, for that one uh, Ethiopian eunuch who'd never be part of Philip's church. This is the heart of God. We are going to all these new campuses in Midwest and East Coast, not necessarily because we expect much more encouraging responses from students there. 
And we are going there because there will be surely a few Ethiopian eunuchs, or Zacchaeus, or Samaritan woman, or Nicodemus on those campuses. Our new work will be hard and challenging and at times very draining, bringing about a lot of physical and emotional pain. Yet this is how we respond to God's calling for our lives and try to be faithful to His call. This is our ways of practicing, not taking our lives too seriously in terms of our personal sense of fulfillment, but taking our lives seriously in terms of faithfulness to God's calling. We see two kinds of people here in chapter 1. Phygelus and Hermogenes, they're part of all the people in Asia that turned away from Apostle Paul when he was suffering. And these people received the gospel, but when it became evident that following Apostle Paul would mean receiving the same kind of suffering, much shame and even imprisonment, they abandoned their faith and turned away from the very person who shared the gospel with them. However, we see a different kind of person here. Uh, Onesiphorus searched for Apostle Paul earnestly and found him. So one characteristic about Onesiphorus that Paul writes about is that he was not ashamed of Paul's chains. So when you think about it, it's all about how you see Paul's chains, all the costs and suffering that Paul endured. If you were there with Apostle Paul, how would you see him? He kept sharing the gospel, got in trouble with the authorities. He didn't have the money or the resources to get out but he had to be chained up like a criminal, became a nobody, just a prisoner, and got locked away. It's pretty sad how Apostle Paul, a young, bright, well-educated Pharisee, became locked up in prison. He became ashamed to his family, ashamed to everyone around him. But Onesiphorus, knowing why he became in prison, searched earnestly and found him and was not ashamed of him. Um, I think the main point here is really the, how you see the cost of following Jesus. Is it such a shame and terrible suffering that you want to run away from it? Or do you see it as a privilege and honor? Onesiphorus must have seen Paul being a prisoner as a mark of Christ's suffering, a great honor. You know, yesterday after the connect time, I got an email from Jisa Pong. He leads Berkeley IGSM and is slated to move to Chicago. He said that after MBS, he set his boys down and asked them if they want to go and start a church plant with him. Uh, his son Jonathan, who will be going to ninth grade, responded pretty much immediately saying that he thinks we should go because that's how we could sacrifice for God. I'm reading um, Jesus' email here. He said um, we should go because that's how we could sacrifice for God. It was very clear to him that we sacrificing for God saying goodbye to friends and what's comfortable and starting um, at a new school is such an honor and privilege that we need to do. This is how we could sacrifice for God. And I was really impressed by this young man's faith. Yeah, and I thought, man, we should look at any kind of cost or suffering as a chance, as an opportunity to sacrifice, something that we would gladly do for Jesus. This is our chance to sacrifice for God. Okay, that concludes our DT sharing. Okay, bye. Bye.